There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From the king of sports books comes the king of sports podcasts. Unleashed. Presented by BetMGM. Here's your hosts, Giannis Papas and Olivia Harlan-Decker. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Unleashed. We are two rounds down in the NCAA tournament, and the Sweet 16 action starts back up today. This tournament feels like it's moving kind of fast, Giannis, don't you think? Yeah, it's moving very fast, and I love that you gave them three welcomes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Mm-hmm. Three times, guys. Welcome, are... welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome that here. Is, <laughs> you're welcome here, and I just want to say three welcomes is a lot, but it is, let me see if I'm good at math, 19 times less than Deshaun Watson has been accused of sexual oh. misconduct. So it's oh. still a lot of welcomes. <laughs> He's the what big about, story. See, you know we're getting into it. Yeah, yeah. That was kind of the story of the week. Got a lot of NFL news. You know what's crazy? I, I feel like this week has been as newsy and as busy in sports as we have had in a while. Like, we should be so focused on March Madness, and the NFL won't let us. Yeah, you know, it kind of was a downer for me because I love this tournament. It's so mm-hmm. pure. Kids playing mm-hmm. their heart out. and then. The NFL just comes with their kind of just their NFL kind of type news Mm. with massive contracts that don't make sense. Players who are a little bit, you know, you know, they got a they got a birdie on each shoulder. There's a little devil here and maybe a little I don't know. (laughs) And it's just it's soiled up the news for me. It's soiled up the time for me. I just wish the NFL could have waited Till the tournament was over to start dominating the headlines because what a tournament it is right now. So much fun. So many upsets. St. Peter's, mm-hmm. baby. St. Yeah. Peter's. Wow. I mean, they're the Cinderella. They sure have been fun to watch. It's The thing with March Madness that's always great is, you know, most of these kids will not go pro And this is their moment. And it's very cool to watch the personalities on center stage. So, you know, you always have like some guy with some weird facial hair or some weird haircut or something just stealing the show and you fall in love with them. You have kind of a a eccentric coach you've never heard of steal the show. And I mean, it's just great. How is your bracket doing, by the way? Well, As you know, I picked Yale to go all the way. So my bracket has been busted since the first round. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I was just hoping that those eggheads could pull something off. Mm. We needed a miracle. It didn't happen. So my bracket's been busted for a long time. But um, I really have been enjoying these games. I mean, I was uh, I was on the road in Springfield, Massachusetts, which uh, if you get a chance, don't go. And um, (laughs) 
I mean, really, if you shut your eyes all the way, Springfield looks exactly like Boston. But you got to shut your eyes all the way. Yeah. I mean, it's a real dump. Oh. Yeah, it's a real dump. Okay. And yeah, I mean, the Basketball Hall of Fame is there. It sounds like Boston, I guess. It couldn't be more. That building looks mm-hmm. like a refrigerator with a tumor on it. It's whoever designed the Basketball Hall of Fame. Can you can we please redesign it and help that city out? I mean, they built a casino there to revive the city. So let's do it, MGM. You, you're, it's an MGM, too, which is where I stayed and where I performed. So we need to help Springfield out. What hotel was it? Where were you at? It was uh, the so the club was called Roar, but it's part of the uh, the MGM in Springfield. Yeah. So it's uh, there's a casino there and, and it's only a couple years old. And um, it's right across from the Basketball Hall of Fame. And okay. those are the two things that Springfield has besides murder. <laughs> <laughs> I would think this time of year, though, being there and they have a sports book, I assume. I bet that was really fun to be there. It was cool. Yeah, it was always People cool. betting on March Madness. Fun. Yeah. And uh, we, we watched all the games as, as many as we could in between shows. And it was just uh, so many fun games, so many great finishes and. So many heartbreaks for a lot of kids. And that's that's what's so amazing watching it is the purity of it. It's so pure. You see the emotions. Like you said, this is so big for those kids. The thrill mm-hmm. and the agony is on their face. It's nice to see pure. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very fun to watch. Yeah. So just tough going for the SEC, especially uh, Kentucky, Tennessee, Auburn. They're all out. Even the Big Ten's kind of dropping like flies. They still have Purdue and Michigan and a one seed. Baylor is already out going into the Sweet 16. So uh, this is tough for the bracket world. I know I'd be shocked if people still have perfect brackets out there, but, you know, someone somewhere does. Yeah. Most people are down, but maybe there's a few who are still left. Who knows? But my condolences go out to everyone who had Kentucky, Baylor, or Auburn in your final four. Obviously, good picks, but that's this time of year, anything can happen. So let's just say your bracket now has more X's than Jennifer Lopez. I mean, you know, (laughs) that girl's racking them up. But at least you aren't our guy, Michael, a.k.a. Let me try to get this right. MC, why does Lil? On Twitter, uh, yeah, these names are... I think you butchered wh- that. Well, what do you see? I see <laughs> MC Widdlesel. Can you... Pr- what, what would... What? Sure. Yeah, M-C-Y-D-O-E-S-L-I-L. <laughs> M-C-Y-Does-Lil on Twitter. Okay. Yeah, I think, I, you know, it's one of those things. <laughs> he is the winner of our Bad Beat of the Week. Bad Beat of the Week. Yeah, his tournament parlay hit three out of four legs. Arkansas, St. Mary's, and Providence were all first-round money line winners. But Colorado State couldn't hold up. Their end of the ticket, losing to Michigan. And Costin, our friend MC, does little. <laughs> Costin Michael, a winning parlay. But, but mm. he does get our bad beat of the week. And guess what, buddy? A hundred bucks, a bet MGM site credit. So congrats to him. Go make something with it. Yeah. 
So now as we are getting into March Madness, BetMGM is going to have promos throughout. And Peter Andrew at the end of the show, he'll talk more about that. But the big one, you guys, that starts right now, I've got to tell you about. I want to remind you, BetMGM gets you ready for March matchups with a special welcome offer to the tournament. All you have to do is register for BetMGM, make your first deposit, and place a $10 money line wager on any team in the tournament. If a three-pointer is scored in that game, you'll win $200 in free bets, regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use bonus code UNLEASHED200 when you make your first bet. Enjoy the playoffs like never before with the king of sportsbooks and score an easy win on your very first bet. Download the app or go to betmgm.com and use the bonus code UNLEASH200 to win $200 in free bets if either team hits a three in the game you wager on. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from being issued. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Speaking of the NCAA tournament, we have a really great guest today. I'm very excited. He played at UCLA, who's still dancing, but instead of going to the NBA, he became the king of NBA Twitter. Josiah Johnson is joining us, Giannis. We'll get his thoughts on the tournament, plus what it's like going viral and LeBron James retweeting you. Have you ever gone viral, Giannis? I have gone viral a few times. Yes, I have. I bet it's a good have. feeling. It's a really good feeling. And then you go, how do I do it again? How do I do it again? And you you try yeah. to replicate it again. And then it just, you know, it's the magic of the internet. It's hard to replicate. Yeah, I know. Who knows? Going viral. It's, it's like something everyone's chasing in this industry. I just, I don't get it. But Josiah does. And I'm really excited to pick his brain on it. Okay, I wanted to go over a couple of betting notes that's happened in the tourney so far. A lot of movement, a lot of line movement. Gonzaga opened at plus 600 to win it all. They're now down to plus 230. People are loving the Zags. Second highest bet team behind Arizona in terms of ticket and handle. So the people and the money like Arizona, they are the biggest liability for sports books. Highest handle and ticket percentage at BetMGM. They opened at plus 5,000. They're now down to plus 500, which is the third highest odds behind the Zags and the Jayhawks. Uh, the most bet games so far in terms of ticket count have been Michigan, Tennessee, that third seed, Tennessee. Everyone was watching that game. Uh, North Carolina, Baylor, Baylor going down and Memphis, Gonzaga. So those three have kind of been the ones that betters have really put their money where their mouth is. And one notable bet we've got to tell you guys about it's at BetMGM. Someone put down 4,000 bucks on St. Peter's at plus 20,000. <laughs> so if this hits, they win $800,000. Man, I mean, talk about some faith. Uh, 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 this ain't going to happen. This is never in a million years going to happen. But gosh, it's when you hear some of those, you're like, God, what would you do? 800,000 bucks, take the year off. What, what would you do, Giannis? Uh, first, well, That's chump change to you. You're rich. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> first of all, I would convert to Catholicism because okay. if St. Peter's wins it, then yeah, I guess the Catholic, it's something has, it has something to do with the Catholics because God has to get intervene for that to happen. 
it, it's God and that kid's mustache <laughs> have to be working as one yep. in order for St. Peter's to make it through. But why not? I mean, if you got four grand, yeah. you know, why not? That's what betting's about, right? You, you know, betting, betting on the slow horses is what makes it fun. But to win it all, like, can you imagine actually writing that check or taking out that cash for $4,000? Giannis, you and I have been in Vegas a couple times together. You've seen me at the sports book and you've seen me very slowly even put in a hundred, like 4,000 on St. Peter's. Like you're just, you're mental. You're, you're ill in the head. Uh, but they are, they're kind of the Cinderella. Yeah, or like a, just a faithful Catholic. Yeah, I mean, they're the Cinderella, but let's not forget the yeah. big Cinderella of this month, that is the Ukraine. They're still standing. What a Cinderella story. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was not expecting Sorry. that. You always do that to me. You, you make me blush. You make me feel comfortable. I'm sitting here in Turkey. They're across the water from me right now. I'm not saying anything. But yes, they're still doing They're great. still in the tournament. God. Got it. They're still- Still I mean, they're still dancing. I mean, who? I mean, everyone thought, uh, you know, the, the Blue Bloods. Everyone thought the Blue Blood program Russia was going to take it quick. But I mean, these kids are really putting up a fight. <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel like it goes without saying right now. Thoughts and prayers with the people of Absolutely. Ukraine. Okay, back to St. Peter's. <laughs> they are a 15 seed. <laughs> they play three seed Purdue. And what you got to know about Purdue is a kid named Jaden Ivy. He's been incredible. He's had the most movement in terms of votes for outstanding player and odds for most outstanding player. Now at plus 1,200. Betters love him. He's the highest handle and ticket percentage. But from an odd standpoint, it's still Drew Timmy. He's the favorite at BetMGM at plus 300. So there's kind of a betting update for all the tourney games that you need to know. And this is going to be pretty good. But we mentioned the NCAA tournament is usually the talk of March, but the NFL had other ideas. It's been nonstop this offseason and last week, especially in the weekend. Seemed like we had more breaking news as quarterback dominoes continue to fall all over the league. So let's just start there. Let's just get into it on this week's Unleash. It's time to unleash. Well, what a roller coaster of emotions it was for Cleveland Brown fans last week. Baker Mayfield released an emotional letter thanking the fans. And of course, when I say an emotional letter, I mean, he posted it online. It appeared they were all moving on. Then it seemed like the Browns were out on Deshaun Watson and everyone thought, okay, he's going to Atlanta, which is his hometown, or New Orleans. But then on Friday, out of nowhere, a deal with Deshaun Watson and the Browns was done. I guess I should say the Texans and the Browns was done. And as someone in the business, let me just point out something very important in this timeline. It was a news dump. That's when you release info around 5 p.m. on a Friday. It gets buried. It gets way fewer headlines and coverage than it normally would midweek or even earlier on a Friday. So you should question anything that is released at around 4 or 5 p.m. on a Friday afternoon. That's just a little... Uh, insider trick for you folks. <laughs> but uh, the Browns traded for Deshaun Watson. The team said they did extensive research on him. I know they had a lot of meetings. They've kind of posted some of that. And just to update you on his legal battle that sidelined him all year, his 22 criminal cases of sexual misconduct were dropped. They are now 22 civil cases. Look, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not God, judge, or jury. And I'm not one of these women accusing him of this. I have no idea what happened. Probably safe to say, at the very least, with everything we know as media, as public, as NFL fans, he's a creep. 
at the very least, if not a sexual predator. But now that we know he's not going to prison for this, the NFL is able to have Adam. A lot of teams started moving forward and others like the Dolphins publicly passed, said that they did their own investigation and were passing. But whatever Watson said to the Browns in this meeting left them comfortable enough making him the face of their franchise, trading three first-round picks, two other picks, and a new five-year contract worth $230 million guaranteed, which is the most guaranteed money on a single contract in NFL history. So that's my problem. (laughs) This is a bad look for Cleveland. Some team was going to take the public brunt of bringing in Deshaun Watson, of course, but to pay him that much... To give away that much, it's like it's rewarding him. They almost went the extra mile. I don't think it's a good look. Like, get him at a discount, maybe, when no one else wanted him, maybe. We knew he was going to play somewhere, but this just feels shameless. It it makes the team pretty unlikable, I got to admit. I don't think many people are going to be cheering for the Browns. You know, they're not likable or a team you want to see do well now almost like the Bengals. I feel like if you have no affiliation with the Bengals or anything, you still kind of like to see them win. That's just an example because that's right in their state as well, right down the road. But uh, no, there's no doubt the Browns got better on the field, of course. And if you think of it in that term, your job as GM is to win games. But boy, was this a bad PR move. And the Browns have been shady with this, the whole handling of Baker Mayfield, I think, saying, we want an adult at quarterback. They said that, like this week, we want an adult at quarterback. That is a huge slap in the face to Baker Mayfield. It it implies a lot about him that does not help him now as he is wanting to move on and be traded. And they go for Deshaun Watson. So what message does that send? Like, is that a man? Is that the face of your franchise? You're you're sick of Baker's, what, his attitude? His, I don't think there are many antics with Baker Mayfield unless you're still penalizing him for some stuff he did in college. And a lot of people are. They always bring up some funny or not funny stuff he did in college. But come on, now you've got way more serious drama with Deshaun Watson, so good luck. And by the way, he's going to be suspended probably a minimum of four games next year, probably more because an NFL investigation is going on and they'll throw down some suspension. So at what cost did you get this guy? And we are a betting show. Well, I think the Browns are gambling on our collective short memory. I think they're going to think people will move on. And as I mentioned, they're going to win some more games now, I think because of this. They're pretty loaded talent-wise And Deshaun's a great football player, but yeah, at what cost? It kind of bothers me. Wow. Yeah. I mean, talk about heavy OHD. I mean, wow. I don't even think I I have nothing to unleash on. I just want, I just want to contribute to your unleashed. (laughs) I mean, that it's, where do you go from there? This is the, one of the craziest things that's happened in sports unexpected. I mean, the most guaranteed money ever to him. He hasn't even played in a year. Mm-hmm. Like you said, there's so many things built into the contract, too, that are confusing, right? They're, they're taking into account that he may sit out. He may have to miss games, uh, et cetera. I, I, I don't understand it, to be honest with you. I don't understand why you would give him so much money considering the situation he's in. But I guess Cleveland hates Baker Mayfield. Wow. What a way to find out. Yeah. What a way to find out that you're not appreciated. 
I just don't see this working out for Cleveland. I mean, big surprise. It's Cleveland. So what does? But <laughs> yeah, they don't have a good track record with bringing in quarterbacks. Let's, you know, start there. Yeah. I mean, is this more money than um, than Patrick Mahomes? Giannis, it's more guaranteed money. Yeah. Yeah. No, Patrick Mahomes contract with you know, over time and stuff is ultimately about half a billion. But no, this is the largest single contract ever with guaranteed money. So again, it's it, it just, it's very awkward to hear that. You know, it, it's, again, it's like a reward. Like th- that's what you got for this guy who should have been, to be honest, from just a PR standpoint, probably passed along by a bunch of teams saying, ah, thanks, but no thanks. Someone gets him at a great deal. He rehabs his image and then he's back. I mean, I hate to say it like that. We see that with coaches all the time, right? They'll go to some small school, rehab their image, and then they're back. And we all forgot that they also frequented sketchy massage parlors. <laughs> but uh, but no, it's just, uh, you know. And again, like I said, I, I have no idea what he's guilty of. I, I kind of don't care. It doesn't pertain to me. And I would hate to falsely accuse someone. And I'd hate to roast someone. I'm not roasting Deshaun. I'm, I'm kind of roasting the Browns. But 22, I mean, we joked about it at the top, but 22 allegations, that's 19 more than the three welcomes you did. That's a lot. 22 is kind of hard. I mean, to get a conspiracy of 22 people, I mean, that's really, really bad luck. A conspiracy of 22 people. I mean, I don't know what happened. I wasn't there. But I mean, 22. I mean, I don't. I, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of people yeah. who haven't even kissed 22 people, let alone ha- have 22 people say <laughs> that you did something wrong. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just it's a weird message to send for a guy who, yes, he's extremely talented, but is he that level? I mean, let's just talk that for a second. Do you think he's on that level? To, to he's like, yeah. I think he'll be one of the top five, six quarterbacks in the league. I do. I I think he's so talented. I think if you're looking at it from just a talent perspective, yeah. I mean, the Browns got better on the field. They did. It's curious now, and this drops Thursday, what will happen to Baker Mayfield? Some people are saying Seattle. So we don't know. I, I know that Indy passed on Baker and that's where he wanted to go. They got Matt Ryan. We have so much more to talk about with that. Uh, Matt Ryan to the Colts. We got to talk with Peter Andrew about that. But a lot of NFL news, Giannis. Uh, the AFC North is certainly going to be interesting next season. Now with Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson. So weird to say that. As well as whoever the Pittsburgh Steelers ultimately go with. They signed Mitchell Trubisky. They still have Mason Rudolph. They have to name their starter. All signs point to Trubisky. So we'll talk AFC North odds with Peter Andrew later in the show, as well as what Matt Ryan to the Colts means for their odds. I mean, the AFC is just loaded. But what do you say we get back to hoops, Giannis, and bring in our guest? It's Josiah Johnson coming up. In the world of NBA Twitter, there is only one thing bigger than a Woj bomb, and that's a tweet from our guest today. He's a very funny writer-producer that has been profiled in the New York Times, but that's not it. He also helped lead UCLA to two NCAA tournaments during his time there. King Josiah 54 is how you might know him. Josiah Johnson is here. Thanks so much for joining us. 
Thank you so much for that great intro. I wouldn't say lead. I was superstar yeah. adjacent when I was at UCLA. So I was adjacent to all the action, but definitely nearby. We like uh, to really hype our guests up. We, we like that in this that, that's good environment. Yeah, I was going to ask you, you know, early 2000s UCLA, you have some really famous teams, famous teammates. Trevor Ariza is a mutual friend of ours. I love TA. What's your favorite memory of playing in the tournament? Like, is it one game that just had all the hype in the world or what? Probably just going out to eat. No, I'm just kidding. No, that's, that's my favorite <laughs> clip, though. But what's funny about that clip is, uh, like, going out to eat in college was amazing because we go to nice restaurants. We get to splurge. Yeah. We'd actually get to live like kings. But just being around the guys' locker room, I was I was blessed and fortunate to play with a lot of guys who went on to the NBA. Guys like Earl Watson, who's still a close friend of mine, Matt Barnes, Jason Capono, Dan Gazarich, Trevor, as you mentioned, Jordan Farmar, Aaron Aflalo. Also got to be teammates with Lorenzo Mata, who's a living legend and is the yep. third most famous Latino in Los Angeles behind <laughs> Oscar De La Hoya and Antonio Villaraigosa. So just being on those squads, playing with Steve Lavin and then uh, playing with Ben Howland. It's funny, my last game, we lost to Texas Tech my senior year. We played in Tucson, but uh, Bobby Knight was the coach then. And I remember thinking about that game, saw Bobby Knight on the sidelines, like, oh, I'm going to get to shake his hand. And uh, oh. one of the people on our team let us know, like, ah, oh, he doesn't do that after games. I'm like, okay, we'll see. Like, he's going to be a good sportsman. <laughs> Game ended, though. He just sat stern face on the bench, didn't shake anybody's hand, didn't acknowledge anybody. So I've kind of always not respected Bobby <laughs> Knight after that point. But that's neither here nor there. I'm just sharing with you. Yeah, that was after he won. <laughs> and no handshake, nothing. Yeah, no, just stern face. Honestly, it hurt me for a long time. I used to do those direct TV commercials. I didn't I didn't watch direct TV as a result of that for a very long time. But I've kind of since gotten over that and supported the brand. But, you know, Bobby yeah. was kind of a, a D-bag, but all gravy. Uh, I don't think you're the only person to say that. So I think I, you're okay. I'm uh, not alone. How is your bracket? Is your bracket just horrible? Or did you go with your heart and take UCLA? I don't honestly make a bracket anymore. I've oh. just been disappointed, you know, usually after like that first round of games on Thursday and even, yeah. you know, the first four, I'm never even good about picking those teams to get into the the mix. But <laughs> I'm a UCLA guy. So if I did fill one out, it'd be UCLA all the way. Uh, we obviously went to the final four last year. Jalen kind of put us out of our misery with the uh, half quarter to win the game. But I yeah. think this squad has what it takes and is going to make another push. Mick Cronin's got these guys ready to go. Hopefully Jaime Jaquez's his ankle. Is good yeah. to go, but if not, it's next man up. And, uh, you know, I've got some guys on the bench that are ready to step up and fill this place if necessary. Yeah, we even saw, like, a true freshman stepping up. We, they got pretty far down the bench in that game. Uh, they're a four seed facing an eight seed UNC who's had an incredible run. You would never say North Carolina's a Cinderella, but they are capturing everyone's hearts, I feel like. They've faced a lot of injuries and a player getting ejected in their last game, sending Baylor home packing. So a lot of eyeballs on this UCLA-UNC game. You mentioned Jaime Hockey's junior's ankle I mean, how concerned are you if he is out? You know this team very well. Jaime's a beast. I think, you know, for Jaime to not play, and they, they got the benefit of getting the extra day off as well. I think they play Friday yeah. this week. So Jaime's going to play. I mean, it's going to take a lot for Jaime to not play. He's, he's a dog. He's got a, got a tremendous amount of heart. I mean, he's a kid who was playing, you know, 40-plus minutes. You know, they play OT games. He wouldn't come out the game. So yeah. he's a guy who's going to play. But if not, they've got a, a strong bench, deep guys that are ready to go. I think a guy like Jay Kyman who – I'm a big fan of can get some buckets out there and help at least offset a little bit of, of what Jaime's got. David Singleton will step up as well. But, you know, Bruins all the way. You know, you got two blue bloods going up against each other. Oof. UNC, we respect them. But, you know, we're trying to give them buckets, give them these hands. And uh, when you talk about two programs, obviously UCLA is here and North Carolina is like right there. They're almost <laughs> at our level, but not quite. 
But, uh, you know, I think we're going to get that win. And then hopefully we'll face St. Peter's in the uh, Elite Eight. I think oh. that would be a beautiful story. We get to send them home and, you know, they can get back to church just in time. <laughs> just in time for services on Sunday. I love that. I love that. I would argue UNC and UCLA are two all-time in terms of school colors. Like, those yeah. are my two favorite color combos. It's pretty good. I think Carolina Blue's got true blue beat. I will oh. say that. Like, you know, Carolina Blue uh, patent leather J is probably my favorite shoe ever. Yeah. But we're getting there. You know, we've definitely got the Jordan uh, Nike deal in yep. place, and uh, we're getting our swag right. When I was there, we had Adidas, and no knock to Adidas, but definitely, you know, when we play other schools and we look at their shoes and we look at our shoes, there was always a little bit of jealousy and i think that had a mental stigma on us like you know you're going to play in a school like oregon that's got every you know yeah. pair of nikes imaginable and we're kind of rolling out in pro models it was definitely you Oof. know tough to to motivate to play those games no 100 percent. i'll have you know my dad went to kansas i grew up in kansas ku country and i had a ucla hat as a kid just because i picked it based on the colors so that that's there's a there's truth to that well, you're smart you're yeah. intelligent. You know, you got great taste and I, I can respect great it. taste. <laughs> you know, as you watch these games and and NBA is mostly your niche, but you know, you're tweeting about the tournament as well. Do you watch these games differently, kind of looking for something funny to sink your teeth into? Or how do you watch these games knowing that you want to tweet about them? I'm just more reactionary. So whatever's going on, I'm kind of just watching the game, enjoying it. But you know, when we're all watching at home and we see these moments and these things happen. Like yeah. St. Peter's being the Peacocks, you know, great legendary mascot. Yeah. You know, I'm going to think of Peacock videos. So obviously there's been some great Peacock videos that have hit the net recently. <laughs> they beat Kentucky. I have it ready to go and just and just put those things out there. But for me, I just always stay ready. I'm a big fan of Sugar Free. And he always said, if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. So I just try mm-hmm. to follow his lead and follow that motto as best I can. But I never really go into any game or event or anything like that. Like, oh, I've just got to put this certain piece of content out. More just reacting to what's going on in the world. And uh, when you get a situation like, a, you know, a St. Peter's upset, you just, you know, it's all hands on deck. You got to really just get that content out as quick as possible because I know I'm competing with millions of people around the world right. who've all seen those same moments as well. So just try to be not necessarily first, but try to be best with whatever content that I'm putting out. You have 225,000 followers. Like, th- that's crazy. You've gone viral so many times, obviously. You've had huge celebrities retweet you, quote, tweet you. How do you describe to someone who's not familiar with your account or what you do how this came to be? Uh, really, just a lot of hard work and grind. I think a lot of people, yeah. they see the memes and they, you know, they see the following and they think it's easy work. And like I like to tell people, you got the same Internet as me. So if, if it's easy Ooh. as you think it is, you know, go go do it. You know, so if they can't, then they need to just show a little bit of respect. But it's just a ton of work. It's a ton of energy effort put into it. But really just trying to stay consistent and also just trying to bring the humor. You know, I played high school basketball, played college basketball. The thing about those experiences being in the locker room, you're with a bunch of guys and there's just a lot of jokes that are flying. You're doing two a days and practices and games and traveling. There's a lot of fatigue in those situations. So just trying to keep the mood light, trying to keep people's spirits up and just trying to get a joke in here or there. So I've been, you know, blessed and fortunate and successful at, at it so far. It's going to keep it going. But, you know, when you have people like LeBron James or John Legend or Ava DuVernay, you know, big up in you wow. on social media, you know that you're doing, doing you're trending in the right direction. So <laughs> yeah. I just try to, you know, never drink my own Kool-Aid, never believe the hype and just show up, you know, every day and you know, treat every day the same. I'm going to work as hard as I can. And just put content out that I hope people will enjoy. And so far, it's been working. So I don't see a reason to stop now. Yeah, it's been working. How many Coach K tweets do you have ready to go for when Duke loses? Uh, you know, always keep the Coach K clip ready for, for any <laughs> moment. 
And Coach K, nice guy, but, you know, I'm a UCLA guy, so when I hear people saying that Coach K is a better coach than John Wooden, naturally we take offense to that. Yeah. And naturally we have the jokes ready to go. Obviously they lost – Duke lost his last home game against UNC. Had mm-hmm. to let the let the clips fly out, but we'll have some stuff ready to go. But also we'd love to see his squad make a, a good run this tournament, send him out in the right foot, you know, but, you know, definitely not beating UCLA if they cross paths. Yeah, yeah. So when I am drafting a tweet – now I'm coming from it more of like a journalist standpoint, especially if it's like a player injury or some news or something. And I just read it over and over. One, checking, I'm not spelling like your and your wrong because that drives me crazy there and there. Like I hate a misspell, but also it's just a sensitive time. And I just, I, I proofread my own tweets a lot. Do you find yourself tweeting any differently than you did in the past? Like just making sure your tone is always right or that you have all the right information? Yeah, I think definitely. Being in social media, you always want to make sure to be respectful. Nobody wants to mm-hmm. be on the summer jam screen or get ratioed or post that thing that, you know, people interpret the wrong way. So uh-huh. I'm just like you. Before I put anything up, I proofread it a number of times. There's nothing worse than putting a tweet out with a typo or a misspelling. <laughs> but also we live in a world where I think people can fill in the blanks. So a lot of times if, if I see somebody else who's done that and I know the gist of what they were trying to accomplish in their their tweet or with the caption. Right. I'm still going to hit it and retweet it if it's funny to me. But yeah, definitely got to check a number of times. Like like you said, you have to be sensitive to kind of everything going on in the world. And right. I aim to offend, but do it in a classy way where even <laughs> the people that, you know, I'm, I'm taking a shot at or joking about, they can read it and get some humor at it as well. So, you know, I put up a couple of tweets after St. Peter's beat Kentucky and even had Kentucky fans like, look, I'm miserable and depressed right now, but this is funny. So I had to go ahead and retweet it and just help people <laughs> get through those moments. And I like to say I'm an equal opportunity clowner. So yeah. It doesn't matter who it is. If UCLA loses, I got to get some you know, some UCLA jokes out. That's just kind of how it goes. Don't want to do it, but I react to whatever's going on in the world and the culture. So sometimes, you know, you got to you gotta do things to the people that you love the most and, and clown them sure. as well. And I expect people to do the same thing to me, too, when I'm in those situations. I think I read you said somewhere that your followers are in on the joke. You know, it's like you have a niche following of people who not only know NBA culture, basketball culture, but they kind of don't take themselves too seriously. Do you feel like that's accurate? Definitely. I think what, yeah. you know, my, my style has changed a lot. I used to be a lot more inflammatory. Uh-huh. But the problem becomes when you have people like Kevin Durant that start to follow you and just knowing how <laughs> KD operates and moves on social, I got to kind of reconsider how my approach. I really like to sure. just tweet in a way that these guys can see it in the locker room. They can laugh about it. And also being sensitive, just kind of mental health situations going on across the world of sports. 100%. So doing things that even if guys are, you know, quote unquote, the butt of the joke, they can look at it, still laugh about it and kind of move on from it. Never want to do anything in a mean spirited type of way, always just from a, you know, a funny humor type of way, sometimes satirical. But I also like to keep things team centric as opposed to individual players. But if somebody does something funny that warrants a tweet, then I'll definitely have to let it fly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you brought up KD. Let's get to the NBA. I know you're a Lakers fan. They've struggled this year. Are you surprised it hasn't worked with Russ and this roster or were you skeptical from the beginning? I'm a big Westbrook fan. Obviously, he's a UCLA guy. Okay. I think you yeah, know it, yeah. it's tough the season where the season started, all the stuff he's dealt with. But it seems like ever since he's had that interaction with that uh, Toronto fan before the Raptors game, that he's kind of changed a little bit. He's hit another gear. He's starting to play a lot better, play a lot smarter, play a lot more efficient. I know it's only a three game you know, window that we've seen it, but they're two and one in their last three. And I think that this squad still has some noise to make. Obviously, AD's kind of bounced back from the ankle injury. He's looking like Mm -hmm. he's ramping up. Kendrick Nunn, been on the squad all season. We're trying to figure out what exactly is going on because, you know, now it's almost end of March and he still hasn't played a game. But if Mm -hmm. this team can play at least one game at close enough to full strength, I think that they can 
start to turn the tide and the way they're positioning themselves right now, you know, they, they have still the potential to get the AC from the Clippers, uh, depending on how these next 10 or 11 games pan out and they could set themselves up. They win that first playing game as an AC that they're looking at going up against the Memphis Grizzlies. We're obviously talking a little bit of smack earlier in the season, not being scared of LeBron's footsteps, but ultimately I think any team that has LeBron James on it, you always have to keep your eye out on and not root against yet. Yeah, the season hasn't gone the way that we would hope it have went, but there's still time left and there's still noise to be made. So Excited about the squad. You know, a week ago, if you would have asked me this question, I would have told you it was a done deal. They're probably not going to make the playoffs, but they've reinvigorated. They're kind of starting to finally try to figure it out. And I think once AD comes back and they can field a little bit more healthier competitive squad, they can definitely do something. I think what people forget about Westbrook is coming out of college, the scouting report on him wasn't glowing. Like he was never known as a great scorer. He was known as someone who would drive in the lane and great defense. He was defensive player of the year in the conference. Do you feel like you're seeing the pieces of him that were always great? Do you feel like you're getting that at least out of him? I mean, you're you're so familiar with his game. What do you see from Russ? Because a lot of people think his defense has been so disappointing. I mean, it's crazy because everybody kind of has this negative opinion of Russ and you've seen that following throughout his career. I mean, he'd average triple doubles, I think four times in his career. It hadn't been done more than once with Oscar Robertson. So even that stuff, but then people started to devalue triple doubles and all, you know, you hear like a stat patter or a stat chaser, yeah. which for me, I've never really understood. Like when you're playing a game, it's like, oh man, this guy's hustling too much. He's trying to get too many stats. Like, <laughs> like he's like, stat, wouldn't you? stat hunting. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, there's just words right. people use who've never played basketball at a high level always crack me up. It's like, what is he supposed to do? Not go get that rebound, not hustle, yeah. not make the right pass for an assist not score, you know? So I think Russ and LeBron, they took a little bit of time for them to figure it out. They're kind of working it out. They're both dominant ball handlers and primary ball handlers. And LeBron right. has kind of had to sacrifice a little bit. And Russ has definitely had to sacrifice a little on his game. But when you look at Russ's number, I think he's averaging with like 18, 19 a game still. Field goal percentage isn't the best, but it's not, you know, I think more we're looking at those kind of moments. And look, the Lakers across the board have had a lot of boneheaded plays this year, a lot of bad turnovers, a lot of bad moments. Yeah. But I feel like Russ specifically gets targeted out and even him, he had to kind of stick up for himself and say he's tired of it enough's enough. But that's the great thing about being on the Lakers. The Lakers, I've seen it, you know, with Danny Green, Kuzma, KCP, and other guys, you know, they are pretty consistent with their slander and with their vitriol if you're not producing at the level that they hope and expect you to. Mm-hmm. But you can also, it's kind of like, you know, you can turn the crowd very easily with some some stellar play. And I think that's all Lakers fans are really asking from Russ is, we don't need, you know, the exorbitant numbers. We just need you to come play hard, make the right passes and, you know, keep the turnovers down. So he's starting yeah. to lock in. I feel like Westbrook will get the last laugh. And like I said, you never root against a squad with LeBron. At least I don't. And it's worked out well this far. So we'll just keep that thing going. Yeah. No, I know you're a big LeBron fan. He had 38 the other night against Cleveland. He had 50 twice in the last month. He's now second all time in scoring. Do you think he stays in L.A.? I mean, I, I'm not saying stat stuffing like you were just saying, but he's clearly going after the scoring record, which is great. He should. But what do you think is his ultimate goal here in the next handful of years? I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. I think, you know, when LeBron first came to L.A., the narrative was that he was just coming out here to be a movie star. He didn't really care yeah. about basketball anymore. I think he had the Lakers in like fourth place his first season before he suffered the injury that caused him to miss a bunch of games. And obviously they got bounced out. Then you talk about the second season, you know, they're dominating the West. Literally beat the Clippers and Bucks in consecutive games. And then, you know, the whole pandemic starts. Come back in the bubble, win a championship in the hardest win. conditions in NBA yeah. history. And even that, you know, he gets a little Mickey or a little bubble or whatever. But just that's just kind of his game. And then obviously last year they were in position to to beat the Suns in the first round of the playoffs. AD goes down with the injury. 
kind of the rest is history. So LeBron has always kind of had that winning spirit, competitive spirit. It's, it's crazy for me to see people, and it's tough too because I was expecting LeBron hopefully to play 50 games a season max. And the stuff he's been doing is just showing, showing, hey, he loves the game. I also feels like, mm-hmm. yeah, he's trying to go for the scoring title, but he also knows he has a finite number of games left. And when you start to see sure. the end and that light at the end of the tunnel, it's like, you know, maybe I'm not going to take this game off. I'm going to keep going just because I don't know how many more of these games I got left. And I think LeBron's the type of guy, if, you know, he could go 22, 23 seasons if he wants to. But there also is going to come a point, too, where Father Time's going to come creeping at that door. Sure. And uh, so far, we've been able to avoid it. But to see the stuff he's been doing this season, leading the league in scoring, at various points, you know, I think he's like a percentage point right now or whatever it is ahead of Embiid or whatever it is for a scoring leader. But just to see what he's doing in this game at 37 years old, year 19, with all those miles and all those minutes on his body. But you're also talking about a guy who's going to break Kareem's record like, you know, 100 to 150 games earlier than Kareem did it. So, yeah, for everybody who says he doesn't have that dog in him, he's not a scorer, he doesn't have that killer mentality. I mean, he sure does get a lot of buckets and, and play hard. Yeah. The only guy with, you know, 30K, 10K rebounds and 10K assists. Yeah. He's just a team basketball player. So for me, it's been great to see it. And that's kind of, you know, as being in my LeBron fandom, I've been rocking with him since he came into the league. Four MVPs, four championships, four finals MVPs. He's playing with house money right now. But ultimately, at the end of the day, he's super competitive. And he's not just going to yeah. go out. You know, he's not going to go out like a loser. He's going to do it what's necessary to, to help elevate his team to the highest level. Very uh, Tom Brady on brand. He's not going out a loser. He's going to yeah. give it another shot. Unfinished okay. business. Like Brady yeah. got like seven rings. Like their business been finished. Tom, you're just playing with house money I now. But all I, great. Know. I respect like, go it. Go on vacation. Enjoy vacation. Okay, a team I wanted to ask you about, the Timberwolves. They've been rolling since All-Star break. Eight and two in their last 10. Best record in that span. And they're a half game behind Denver for the sixth seed, keeping them out of the play-in, which would be huge. What about this team intrigues you, or are you not buying in on them yet? Now, I'm a big T-Wolves fan. I think when you look at that squad, okay. I'm a big Anthony Edwards guy. Like, you know, I've seen people compare him to Jordan. Yeah, I think he's got a lot of room and a lot of room to grow to get there. But the kid's a dog, man. I mean, you know, he loves dunking on people, loves playing hard. Yeah. Team's also taking on the identity of Pat Bev. Whether you love or hate Pat Bev, you know, just knowing his story, know how hard he worked to get to the league I and that, that grit and that grind that he plays with. Yeah, for me, it's tough when I see him, you know, patting LeBron on the button, getting in his face and overclapping and <laughs> kind of some of the hysterics. And, you know, you know, Westbrook's obviously been super anti him you know there's certain things yeah. about his game that i definitely don't like but there's a ton about it that i do love as well and carl anthony towns i think what he's been able to do obviously the 60 point game he dropped recently but just his ability now to kind of lock in this is a squad that i feel like you know a lot of people didn't respect coming into the season but they're playing at a high level and also for them i would hate to see them get in a situation you know playing as well as they played so far this season where now they get in the playing game and don't make the playoffs. I think mm-hmm. that would, you know, that would kind of defeat the whole purpose of this this playing game and the situation. I think they've got like a seven or eight gay lead yeah. on their next closest, you know, team in, in that regard. But yeah, they've got a, a great squad, great makeup. And look, Minnesota's cold and, you know, the weather is, is definitely not somewhere I would want to live, but got to <laughs> give them a ton of love and respect going into it. And yeah, if they could squeeze that, that six seed out and actually make the playoffs, I think it would do a lot for that team and just their confidence from, from this point and going forward. Yeah. Hey, Minnesota's not that bad, you know. The the Midwest isn't horrible. It's not terrible. Believe me, I got some friends in Minnesota. Like, you know, I would probably never go out there in the, in the wintertime, but summer, yeah. you can catch me out there maybe, turning up. <laughs> no, my husband was teammates with Patrick in uh, Houston and with the Clippers. 
And they were fast friends, but he just always said he's a different animal. Like yeah. he's, you know, so much energy all the time, always just like kind of junkyard dog mentality. So I'm kind of a lifer Pat Bev fan. So I love watching him yeah, for sure. in Minnesota. I rock with Pat Bev. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, like I said, there's certain things he's done in his career that I'm, I'm not necessarily a fan of, but I think overall sure. hearing the story, the underdog story, you know, knowing yes. he averaged like 38 in high school and just the road he took to get to the league. You see why he plays with that chip on his shoulder. But he's a guy yeah. who truly appreciates the opportunity that he has to play in the NBA. So never root against guys like that. No, no. So the Brooklyn Nets, they're such an interesting team this year. And a lot of that has to do with we haven't really seen them fully healthy or fully playing. We're still waiting on Ben Simmons. Kyrie can't play at home. He's only played in three of the last 11, but he's been Awesome. Those three games include a 50-piece and a 60-point game. What do you make of this team and how far they can go in the East, or do you not want to judge until you really see them? Really depends on what happens with the vaccine mandates if Kyrie's able to start playing home games, which it feels like that thing could turn at any point. But this squad, you know, they were tough. You know, they, they started, they were top of the league. They kind of fell in some tough times. The whole situation with Harden and that big three, you know, Harden won and out. Mm-hmm. Ben Simmons coming in. It's crazy to me that Ben has kind of been chilling all season. Trade happens, and now he's ramping up, and now, you know, he's got, you know, what is it, herniated discs or whatever, needing epidural right. and all that type of stuff. But even right. if they're not able to have been this season, you know, adding a guy like Seth Curry onto that roster is going to be great. And, you, again, KD's a guy that can overcome a lot of things. I mean, you know, coming off the Achilles For injury, sure. it's like he got better at basketball, which is a wild thing because back in the day that injury was a career killer. And to see the way he's elevated his game and the level he's playing at, and Kyrie as well. When Kyrie's locked in and motivated and ready to get buckets, you know, I'm not going to root against that squad. But it's interesting to see and crazy how it's going to pan out if they don't finish top four in the East would actually be more beneficial to them because now that's more road games, that's more opportunities for Kai to play. Yeah. So that's a squad. If I'm in the East and I, I get the the Nets in the first round, I'm just like, yo, like, why does God hate me? You know, why do the basketball guys <laughs> want to torment me? But that's a team you could definitely see rolling through and getting to the finals. And I think, in a, you know, obviously I'd love a Lakers-Nets. That'd be the dream final. But I've seen yeah. a Warriors-Nets final as well, I think would be super intriguing. And having those quads, not to say there's bad blood between them all, but obviously KD playing with the Warriors and now going to the Nets. Mm-hmm. You know, Kyrie and Steph's whole situation, them going at each other for numerous NBA finals. This would be a great way to cap off this season. Oh, 100%. So two players on that Nets team have bigger world issues that are attached to their name, Ben Simmons with mental health and then Kyrie with the vaccine. And as I'm just thinking about what we were talking about with tweeting and how you want to be sensitive and you want to, you know, stand your ground and have a stance and stuff. Where do you draw the line with that? Like not in terms of poking fun so much, like you said, or being mean spirited or taking a very political stance with your opinion on if Kyrie should be able to play at home or not. Like, where do you draw the line? For me? I mean, I always try to just, you know, whether it's satirical or whatever, just try to do things in good taste. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I was a fan of Kyrie's stance especially having the platform that he has and the ability to impact a lot of other people out there who, you know, at the height of the pandemic, you have a vaccine, you have options, obviously, to help, you know, Mm -hmm. pick things up and get things back open again and deliberately kind of not do that for whatever the reasoning or rationale is. But I also think at this point, the numbers have, have lowered and, you know, things are opening back up. He doesn't need to be punished for that decision that he made. Yeah. And with Ben Simmons, I think, you know, mental health is something, you know, it's an extremely sensitive subject. Just to see the way that he was treated by his own team and coach, you know, after the postseason last year, it was kind of a lot of throwing him under the bus and blaming him for a lot of situations. And now you're trying to trade him and you're mad that you're not getting the return you want. 
after you literally bashed a guy. It's like, yeah, that's, that's not a, a healthy workplace. And I think he was very spot on in, in his assessments. And, you know, now he's, it's funny because everybody's like, oh, he got traded. And now the mental health is gone. Like, yeah, have you ever like left a job and went to a better job and you right. know, not felt better about the job you were at? Like, yeah. it's amazing what yeah. you can do leaving a toxic working environment. Or going a relationship you're wanting. For Exactly. Like, <laughs> like, oh, now she's happy. She, she dumped him and now, yeah, exactly. Like, yep. that, that was the point. Upgraded, moved on to something better. But right. I'm curious to see if Ben's able to play this year. Because it's, it's tough, man. It's tough to be able to have to sit out and then you're coming back for postseason playoff basketball, which is obviously the hardest, highest level of the game after not getting any real reps in. But even if they don't get Ben this postseason, I think, uh, you know, the Nets are, are poised to make a run in these postseason in the playoffs. OK, who do you like in the NBA finals this year? You've kind of said who, who you'd want to see. Yeah, I think, you know, believe me, I, I never want to root against LeBron, but I feel like a Warriors Nets final is kind of what we're trending towards. Sure. You obviously Warriors have been battling some issues. Clay coming back after his two year absence. Draymond yeah. battling his stuff and now coming back on minutes restriction. Steph's kind of been battling some stuff too. But once that squad gets locked in, gets together, if they can stay healthy for the playoffs, you know, you're not rooting against the Splash Brothers, Draymond, you know, if James Wiseman can even just be somewhat proficient when he comes back into the mix. I mean, you've got a squad that nobody's really going to want to see in the postseason. Okay, but which NBA Finals matchup would be the funniest for Twitter content? Funniest for Twitter content would be like Lakers. Lakers Nets probably just, I mean, a lot of, you know. Okay. Yeah. Again, you had the, the the Bucks Suns last year, two great teams, but those finals numbers just, you know, not not a lot of Phoenix, not a lot of Milwaukee fans. Probably not the yeah, ideal right. finals matchup from a rating standpoint. Where if you yeah. get Lakers, you get LA versus Brooklyn, the amount of jokes that you can get East Coast, West Coast, you know, it extends beyond basketball and the hip hop, all levels uh, uh you know, of, of culture that that you'd be able to get out of that. I think that would be uh, a finals for the ages. Okay. I like that. I know where your head's going. You got to think about the content. So with every guest, we like to play a little game. So I want to end with a quick game and it's with how the NBA always does an all NBA team, but I want you to name the first ever all NBA meme team. So from James Harden rolling his eyes at the end of an interview to Alonzo Mourning shrugging and talking to himself on the bench. uh, If you can picture those two really quickly, give us your starting five all NBA meme team. Okay, so all NBA memes, first and foremost, got to go with the uh, the Kobe. It's like a Kobe dunk yeah. contest where you don't know if it's going to be a 10 or an L, and you literally watch with bated breath every time somebody posts that meme because you see the reaction, and whoever <laughs> uh, did the Photoshop with the L on it was, was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, got to go LaMelo, New Year, New Me, uh, same me, though. Yes. Uh, definitely got to be in the mix for that. Katie's ashy ankles, definitely got to be in the mix for that. <laughs> Uh, Huka Doncic, who was, was last season but burst onto the scene, the guy who hit the hookah and then got the steal like Ed Reed and came back through with the bucket. Uh, <laughs> also, I think from this year, for me, uh, KD and, and Big Baby, when Big Baby was in the wrong seats at the Celtics game, and you yeah. hear KD off screen like, those ain't your seats, Big Dog, just the, the level of trolling and shame as, as Big Baby took that walk of shame. And uh, definitely the the LeBron, Austin Reeves. I think LeBron told Austin Reeves something. Austin Reeves kind of looked around like he had no clue what was going on. But those memes for me uh, are always hitters go-tos and definitely ones you would use if you want to run some numbers up. I think you forgot a couple big ones, though. I'm sure I did. What I forget? 
I think you forgot. When you said LeBron, I thought you were going to say to JR when he forgot the time in oh. game one versus Warriors. LeBron's got, I mean, but that's the thing. LeBron's, <laughs> LeBron's got one. the stare one that I always use, too. He's got, yeah. you know, you could just go the whole LeBron library of memes. But yeah. so many great moments. There was a Luka Doncic one this year when he was wiping his eyes, you know, talking trash. Yeah. like. Lot crying of, Jordan, lot of great memes. Yeah, Crying Jordan obviously is kind of kind of the pinnacle, but yeah. I feel like it's 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 gone to a whole nother level. It's you know I can't really use surpassed it anymore. Basketball. Yeah, yeah, it just surpassed it transcended sports in general. Like everybody uses that now. What about Swaggy P? Huh? Well, the, the Swaggy, uh, yeah, the, shout out to Cassie Athena who shot that. That's the question mark, but also, also the Swaggy P missed three pointer where he, he thinks yes. he makes it. I mean, there's a, yeah. there's a lot of great. <laughs> And that's what makes NBA Twitter, in my mind, and the uh, NBA the best sport because the memes just are always flying. We play the most games other yep. than baseball, but nobody really cares about baseball, unfortunately, <laughs> just because, you know, MLB. MLB is way too strict with, like, footage usage and, and memes. Yeah. You, know, you can't even make memes and stuff without getting your account nuked. So they'll Same learn with NHL. Yeah, it's like weird. Like, why wouldn't you want people promoting I know. your league? But, hey, yeah, more power to them and more power to the NBA. 100%. Well, you were awesome. Guys, if you aren't already, you are missing out. Follow Josiah Johnson on Twitter at KingJosiah54. Thanks so much for joining us. This was a lot of fun. Appreciate you. Good pal, BetMGM betting expert, Peter Andrew. Peter, let's talk sports, my friend. AFC North, let's talk Cleveland Brown odds with now their new quarterback, Deshaun Watson. How are you first off? I'm well. What a crazy weekend with March Madness, which I'm sure we'll get into. But yeah, things are shaking up and shaping up in the NFL, I think. Obviously, the Browns one is the talk of last week and into the weekend. They're now plus 1,600, so 16 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. That's a fairly dramatic increase. They were somewhere in the 22 to 24 to 1 range, so a pretty big lift from there, from from Baker Mayfield now to Deshaun Watson. I mean, the contract is crazy, just the fully guaranteed, you know, given everything that's happened is nuts, and it sets a crazy precedent for the next quarterback that goes. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a local, a local bias with the Niners, but what does Jimmy Garoppolo potentially get? I know he's not going to get guaranteed full contract, but probably gives him something, some sort of leverage. And then the next dominoes to fall for the next couple of years. So fairly crazy, but uh, yeah, good shakeup in the NFL this week. I love how you say yeah. local bias and you're sitting in your New Jersey apartment with the heat on. <laughs> you are yeah. not a San Fran local. You're just a I fan. I kind of realized that after I said it. I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's actually not right. <laughs> you're like, oh, the buzz in the Bay Area here is is really... Where do you think Jimmy goes? Pittsburgh. It seems like... Pittsburgh? Yeah, I mean... No, they got a quarterback. They have Trubisky, right? Yes, they like him. That's that's not a quarterback. (laughs) They got him. I feel like he goes somewhere... The Niners are going to do him right. I don't think he goes somewhere like Atlanta. That seems like a complete rebuild. Yeah, it does. He's got to go somewhere. He's a proven winner. They're going to treat him well after he's taken him to two, you know, a Super Bowl and an NFC mm-hmm. championship. I think it's got to be somewhere where he can be competitive. That makes the most sense to me. 
They have a great run game now with Najee Harris. They have good mm-hmm. wide receivers. They got guys that can run good routes. He's not going to throw the ball deep, nor did Ben Roethlisberger last year, who couldn't throw it over 20 yards. Right. So I think the scheme, in a weird way, actually fits nicely for him, where the you know Tomlin and Co are running something very comparable to last year. It could be anywhere. Like I've, I think Carolina. Carolina, a, a decent team, too, or a, a team I think that has some potential. The Giants with Daniel Jones, is that the right fit for this year and beyond? I don't think it is. So there are a lot of teams that he could make his move to. I think it happens in the next couple of days because mm-hmm. it's already probably taken two to three weeks. I think people are just a little iffy on the shoulder surgery that he had. But I expect it to happen over the next you know couple of days, if not weeks. Now, what about Indy? They just got Matt Ryan uh, over the weekend. That's huge. That's great for Matt Ryan. Good O-line, good running back. That just added a couple years to his career, I think. That worked out fabulously for him. What did it do for the Colts' odds? Yeah, plus 3,000 over to plus 2,500. Somewhat dramatic, but I love the Colts at plus 2,500. 25 to 1 on, a like you said, a really good team, the number one running back in the league. I mean, Mm -hmm. Jonathan Taylor had an incredible year. And now they can actually open up play action a bit better. I mean, mm-hmm. he's a significant upgrade from Carson Wentz. No offense to him, but that's a really good team now. And I think they make some noise. They're right. I think they're tied as favorite to win the South with the Titans. But I like their team a hell of a lot more than I like the Titans team. Let's talk some Sweet 16, my friend. What were the lines looking like? You know, what were some of your <laughs> moments? We had a We had a pretty good week at the book. You know, one of the days, actually, a lot of favorites won, but I mean, the money was so even across some of the dogs. And then you get games like St. Peter's versus Kentucky on Thursday night. I mean, that's the local team. It's actually a mile away from us here. So it's pretty cool to see. But it was a crazy week overall. So I think the one bracket that I'm still a little confused on is that Gonzaga bracket, because, again, you got some pretty strong teams there. Mm -hmm. But the others are wide open. I really like Purdue, really like Miami. UNC, I mentioned last week as a team to look out for it. Crazy future odds. And now they're in the Sweet 16 and they got a legit shot. I think they're playing UCLA on, I think it's Friday. Mm-hmm. And they have as good a shot as anybody to make it to the lead eight and potentially to the third round of the weekend. Yeah, UNC is easy to cheer for. They've had players leave the team early in the season. In that game, they had players ejected. They're players who are injured. Like they're they're scratching and clawing. They're kind of fun to cheer for now. And then, like you said, the West with Gonzaga, it's pretty chalk. You have a one versus four, and then three versus two, and everyone is circling that number two Duke. So uh, when you look at Texas Tech versus Duke, a three versus a two, are a lot of people betting on Coach K? What are people doing here? For uh, I felt like for the first weekend, everybody was fading him. Mm-hmm. But um, I think the tide's starting to change a little bit. They they wrapped up their season fairly poorly. Obviously, they didn't look great in the ACC tournament. couple of games. I mean, they almost lost for Syracuse. They obviously lost that UNC game at Cameron. But they look to have turned kind of the momentum a little bit and look really good. I think they move on. And I think Gonzaga beats Arkansas pretty handily. What I saw in the second half of that game was... <laughs> work your offense around Drew Timmy. Yeah. And they basically shed a 10, 15 point deficit and and looked really, really good in the second half. And I think that game alone has put him as favorite for most outstanding player in the tournament. So I think he's like plus 300. So they clearly figured something out. I think they kind of follow suit there this week and find their, you know, find themselves in the elite eight. 
So you said St. Peter's was a mile away from the BetMGM offices. That's pretty cool. They're a 15 seed. They're still dancing. What's the line right now in their matchup with Purdue? And would you sprinkle a couple bucks on it? So uh, I'm going to get political for a second. We can't bet St. Peter's in New Jersey, so there's a restriction around it. Oh, so okay. I will not be sprinkling any dollars. But for <laughs> anybody outside of New Jersey, I think plus 12 and a half is a really good number. I, I do think Purdue wins. I mean, mm-hmm. Jaden Ivey's awesome. But I think they keep it close. I think it becomes kind of a heartbreaker game towards the last two, three minutes. But plus 12 and a half, that dude, Doug Eater, with his, uh, with his stash. I mean, yeah. they're just such a fun team to watch. I got Seton Hall friends here that are hoping... Their coach is their coach next year now that Willard left. They're super fun. You know, the the Cinderella story always stops somewhere, unfortunately. I think it's against Purdue, but I think it's relatively close. That's a big number. I like it. I think there'll be a lot of eyeballs on that game. Yeah. I mean, that's probably the only Cinderella team that's there. I mean, you can make a case for like Miami and Laranaga, but they're a power conference team. So they're not the same. They're a 10 seed, but but they're a good squad traditionally. So yeah, everybody's going to be rooting for Peters. If they find their way into Elite Eight, it'd be crazy. But again, they're in a bracket where a couple big teams are out. They've they've got the shot. Yeah. They don't have to go through all these crazy powerhouses. They've kind of done it already. That kid, uh, what's his name with the stash? Do you think he grew the stash for the tournament? Or did he have, like, you know? He might have. If he uh, Doug Eater is his name. If he keeps yeah. it going through this, he's going to find himself with the same contract that Drew Timmy has for his stash. I think he signed with a shaving company. So, <laughs> have you guys noticed when he shoots, he he kind of push he he shoots from like his chest like a kid. Pay attention. It's like, yeah, yeah. He shoots like I can't believe his he's he's able to get those shots off because he shoots from so low. It's yeah, it's a true Cinderella story. I, I Texas Tech. I think Texas Tech is going to win. I'd put some money on Texas Tech. Yeah, I, I kind of like them against Duke, too. It's clashing styles. Tech is very defensive-minded. They're physical. If, if this goes down to the wire, they're going to make Duke earn it. So that's going to be a great game. Yeah, you can make case any of those four teams. Any of those four teams can win the bracket. It's going to be a good weekend in the Sweet 16. This is a lot of fun. Peter, thanks for joining us and giving us an updated look at the NFL and giving us uh, everything we need to know for the Sweet 16. Make sure you follow BetMGM at BetMGM on all social media channels. Pete, is there any promo this week people should know? Yeah, so every single day we're continuing on. We have a Parley Boost token every day of the tournament, so everybody can take advantage of that. Add a little boost to your winnings. Hopefully you hit that Parley and then our new customer offer. So if anyone hits a three this weekend, bet $10, win 200 if you're a new customer. There will be a three hit, I promise you that. <laughs> in the yeah. in the many games wow. on Thursday, Friday, <laughs> and Saturday, Sunday, it's literally a no-brainer. So you just bet $10 as a new customer, and you'll get that 203 bets right in your account. That's awesome. Thanks for the info, Pete. Thanks, guys. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. 
That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.